0: Again, smmarketingsociety.com.
1: Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner.
0: Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. This is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I'm excited about today's show. Today I'm joined by Syed Balki, who's the founder of WP Beginner. And together we're gonna explore how to grow a successful blog and explore a couple of different options and hopefully provide some inspiration for you. I'm also going to share a tip on how to use testimonials in your marketing. As a matter of fact, let's go ahead and share that tip right now.
1: Helping you stay alive in a social jungle, here's this week's survival tip.
0: Have you ever wondered how to use testimonials in your marketing? Well, I'm going to share a tip straight from a new video series that I've created. And I'm going to go ahead and do that right now. Testimonials are super, super powerful forms of marketing because they're not your words, but someone else saying, hey, I love your product. I love your service. I love your event. I'm going to give you an example using social media marketing world. And I'm going to talk about what we did at our last conference and how we are using it to sell our next conference. And I'm going to show you in three simple steps how to do this. Step number one is to ask people for information. Or said another way, this is how you get the testimonials. One of the easiest ways to do this is to use a survey system. For example, SurveyMonkey, what you see right here. And there's two magic questions that you want to ask. Number one is, would you recommend this to a friend or to a colleague, yes or no? And then the next question is, if you were recommending this to a friend or colleague, what would you say? So what this does is this frames the discussion so that you are essentially training people to go ahead and make a recommendation to a friend. And they craft it in such a way that you can use it very powerfully. Another very powerful form of testimonial is if you can get a recording of someone actually recommending whatever it is you have to offer. For example, let me play this video clip from Social Media Marketing World, and and then we'll comment on it a little bit.
2: (laughs) I'm going to look down. So about how the conference went and anything I would say to people wanting to come next year? Is that what you mean? Okay. All right. Hello this is Mari Smith and I would say that social media marketing world is a force to be reckoned with. this will become the de facto event to attend in social media marketing. It already is and this is the very first one so look out 2014 it's coming and uh, I'll be there and I highly recommend that you come as well Okay good so. I've said for years that there's no amount of sophisticated technology that will ever take the place of live in-person connecting where you can look people in the eyes, you can sense their... energy.
0: Okay, so here's what's going on here. You notice this was just a raw piece of video footage and we just queued her up by saying, tell us what you thought about the event. And then there was a second question, which is what about the networking? So this is the critical thing when you're asking for a testimonial via video, is to just let them start talking and then to ask a follow on question. And what naturally comes out of that is usually spectacular. And let me just play a little bit more of it.
2: Gee, You can read their body language. You just have that amazing in-person connection. And that's what social media marketing world obviously does for you. And the networking is phenomenal. And I have met people who I've been friends with on Facebook and Twitter literally for years and then we meet for the first time and it's super special and what happens when you network in person is it absolutely augments that relationship and it definitely turns into money it turns into profits I'll bet you that there are millions of dollars of deals happening in these couple days here at the at the uh, event
0: okay so you notice how much better that second clip was because we asked her a secondary question. So this is a key part whenever you're asking for testimonials. Step number two is to find the good testimonials. By now, hopefully you've got people that took surveys and maybe you've got some video clips and you literally go through and you identify all the really good ones that you might want to use. And you'll see that I've got this big document here with tons of quotes in it. And we had to dig and dig to find the good ones. In the same way with the videos, you have to find the good clips and I'll show you in this next step how to pull it all together. Watch how we've sewn some of these clips together.
1: Amazing community. I've enjoyed every minute of it. It's just been a fantastic success. To me, it felt like we were like the halftime of the, at the Super Bowl. This is one of the most professional conferences I've ever been to. It is intimate, despite the fact that we have a thousand people here. The quality of speakers has been sensational. I took enough notes yesterday to last me like six months worth of to-dos that I need to do now. The um, networking has been phenomenal.
2: The networking is phenomenal. And I have met people who I have been friends with on facebook and twitter literally for years and then we meet for the first time and it's super special and what happens when you network in person is it absolutely augments that relationship and it definitely turns into money it turns into profits i'll bet you that there are millions of dollars of deals happening in these couple days here at the at the uh, event
0: okay so you can kind of see how we just used a tiny portion of that clip from Mari and then later on at the end of the video, we use another clip from Mari. So the key take home point here is that you don't have to like use long segments, you can clip in on little tiny pieces. Before I wrap up, if you have any questions about how we did this, please do leave a comment in the field below this video. And just to summarize, there's three steps. Number one is get your surveys through exit surveys and video or audio endorsements. Step number two is to figure out which ones are the good ones. And step number three is to pull it all together. Okay. Well, there you have it. Um, hopefully you found that valuable. And if you actually want to see that video and the other videos that I put together, you can visit youtube.com slash user slash Michael Stelzner. And if you can't spell any of that, don't worry. It'll all be in the show notes. I was recently at social media marketing world, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. And with that, let's transition over to today's expert interview with Syed.
1: To help simplify your social safari, here's this week's special guest.
0: I'm very excited to be joined by Syed Balki. If you don't know who Syed is, he's the founder of multiple popular websites, including WP Beginner and List25. He's also the founder of a new company called Opt In Monster. Syed, welcome to the show.
1: Glad to be here, Mike.
0: So today, Syed and I are going to explore how Syed grew these very popular blogs, provide you some tips and hopefully some inspiration on how you could build something very similar. So Syed, let's start with um, WP Beginner, which stands for, you know, your slogan is the Beginner's Guide for WordPress. Mm -hmm. Um, This is clearly one of your first successful blogs. Can you tell me how you got the idea for the blog and a little bit about how long it's been running?
1: Sure. So, uh, WP Beginner started on July fourth, two thousand nine. I got the idea because I was doing consulting work with a bunch of work like clients on you know small businesses, and I wanted to get out of that business. And because I was you know just doing retainer based work, so mm-hmm. I decided that why not switch them to WordPress where they can you know change their own text so that they don't have to ping me, and you know I can go about and build better things like you know specific products or whatnot. When I did that, they ended up asking me the same questions about WordPress. How do I do this in WordPress? How do I do that in WordPress? And at that time, there was no other WordPress resource site for beginners. There was you know, developers writing different blogs, and you know, it was maybe they will drop like a tutorial or two, but those were mostly for developers. There were some coaches that were charging hundreds of dollars to teach basically how to use WordPress, like how to create a post and so on. So I decided to create WP Beginner. And long story short, this thing just
0: blew off. Well, you know it's funny because we launched Social Media Examiner in October of 2009, so we were just within a few months of each other, which is oh, kind of yeah. kind of interesting if you think about it. Now let's let's talk about um, in the beginning what what was, what what were you trying to accomplish? I mean, you know, what kind of blog posts were you producing? What kind of frequency? Share a little bit about that.
1: So, in the beginning, my goal was to produce multiple posts a day. and basically, the goal was to answer all the questions that my clients were asking me and and you know, just put it up on a website so I can link back to them rather than retyping it in an email. I thought about creating a PDF, but it was it would be just much harder to maintain it and update it because WordPress changes frequently. So that's that's how it got started. But when I saw that like you know other people are also using it, like some of my friends were also sending their clients over. I'm like, huh, you know, there's definitely a market for that. So I just got on Twitter and started looking through the hashtag WordPress. And whatever, you know, question I would see that people were asking, I would basically turn that into a post and push it out and reply to them on Twitter saying, hey, here's an answer to your question. And, you know, so it it would usually, I think I tried to maintain like one article a day average, but there were times when I would push multiple articles in a day and then, you know, there would be times when there's not an article during that day. Did, but, you, um,
0: did you find yeah. the stuff that you were producing was, was getting popular and being shared by a lot of other people on social channels?
1: Uh, well, yes, because I had a background on, in social media. I had a power user profile on big.com mm. uh, and StumbleUpon. So like, I was familiar with what type of content really gets hot there. So I would occasionally submit WP beginner articles there. And because my profile had a 54% front page ratio, so it was a pretty good chance of, that I will be on the front page of big. So I got some of our content featured there, but um, it was never the goal to have you know, really hugely popular articles. In the beginning, it was just, can I help one person at a time? And I was sure that you know if, if somebody's looking to know how to schedule a post in WordPress, and, uh, you know, it's not just that one person. There has to be others. So it, it was just like, okay, I'll help this person out, then this person will regularly tweet about me, and that's how it kind of took off.
0: And folks, I wanna I wanna recommend that you really pay attention to what Syed did here in the beginning. Was he just simply answered questions that people were asking him, and then he went on to find what other people, what other questions people were asking using Twitter and, and the search capabilities in Twitter. And this is uh, something we talked about back in episode number seven. And if you go to socialmediexaminer com slash seven, you'll see the interview that I did with Marcus Sheridan, which is about how to create content by answering people's questions and it really does work. Um, Syed, can you share a little bit about some of the metrics and, and the growth of WP beginner just so people can understand like where it is today? how many people so, visit the site?:
1: So WP beginner gets on average about a million and a half page views a month. We are at about close to 70,000 uh, followers on Twitter. So that's like, you know, the metrics that I've I've shared, like, you know, 1.5 million page views close to 70,000 followers on Twitter.
0: Wow. So, um, you know, that's probably somewhere between 600,000 to a million people a month, depending on, you know, how many different pages they check out on the site coming to WP beginner, which is awesome. And, um, that's a very similar kind of metric that we have over at social media examiner. Um, and, and, and this is really incredible. So, um, Let's talk about, you know, obviously you've been doing this for a little over four years now. So what has changed from, what are you doing differently today, you know, from the lessons that you've learned on the content creation that you maybe weren't doing in the beginning?
1: I mean, one of the first, one of the things that I wasn't doing at all in the beginning was um, engaging with my email list. I mean, I was building an email list from day one on WP Beginner, but there was no, like, I didn't realize the value of just asking them to ask me questions. So right now when you first subscribe to WP Beginner it, it asks a question, what is the one specific question that you have right now. You know before I would spend a lot of time on search.twitter.com looking for what people were asking. Now I don't really need to do that because people are just sending those questions. People come and subscribe to WP Beginner, they get that, you know, success message and usually, you know, they're on WP Beginner because they have a specific question and then they send that question to us. And usually, it ends up turning into a post. So that is one of the things. The way how we create content has changed. Another thing is um, because now there's multiple people writing on WP Beginner. Uh, we have a very good editorial workflow. You know, you put, you add things, article ideas and pitches, and then those pitches are assigned to a specific author. You know, there's a whole process. It goes under pending review, and then you know, it's in the ready to publish category. So we always have. A stack of articles that are ready to go live. This was something that wasn't there necessarily, you know, when I first started WP Beginner because I was just like, you know, writing an article on it on the whim and it would go live. So I think having that kind of a schedule and routine on WP Beginner is something that has definitely changed a lot.
0: Okay, there's a couple things I want to dig in on here. First of all, you were talking about you didn't really have a strategy for growing your email list in the beginning but now that now you do can you elaborate a little bit more i think you you alluded that you were asking questions can you kind of bring you yeah. know tell yes. us a little so, more
1: yeah so definitely when um before when i was looking for article ideas 95% and even more than that on article ideas on wp beginner are suggested by our users so a lot of time people ask me how do you keep on coming up with new article ideas for wp beginner because it is solely focused on WordPress. It's not focused on blogging or not focused on marketing. It's solely on WordPress. So these you know, one of the biggest struggles that you have is um, coming up with new ideas. Right. Before what I would do is I would go on search.twitter.com and look for, you know, what people are looking for so I can, you know, fill that void. But what I did in the later later on in like a year or so in was um, in my success message. you know, before we'd be like, Oh, thank you for subscribing to WP Beginner, here's the freebie that you know you can download. But now Aside from that, I also ask them, what is the one thing that I can help you with right now? Reply back, and I will personally respond back to your email. And Ah. I still try to do, you know, respond back to every single email. But that gives me a whole list of ideas that, you know, you can never think of. Like one brain, two brain, three brains cannot think of all those ideas.
0: Gotcha. Okay, so this is important. So what you're referring to as a success message is once someone opts into your newsletter and you say thank you for subscribing, uh, at that point, you have a question that you're asking them, which is, exactly. uh, what's the biggest challenge you're facing with WordPress or something along those lines?
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: you get people replying. Now, I mean, some people might be thinking, how in the world do you, do you, I mean, when you're at the size that you are right now, you must have a bazillion questions. Do you have a team now that's kind of going through that and looking for frequently asked questions or how do you handle that?
1: Um, yeah, so a lot of times, you know, those, those questions go through, if, if it's a frequently asked question that we have covered already on the site, you know, one of the team members will respond to it. If it's, if it is something that is addressed to me, a lot of times people, you know, address it to me. Hey, Sayed, I'm actually having a problem with this. And, you know, if it says like my name on it, then I try to respond back. Sometimes, you know, I, I'm running like three days behind in the queue, but, um, you know, I still try to do the best I can.
0: Do you find that this interaction and in response to the email helps you also develop your community?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, people are extremely, extremely loyal to WP Beginner, and, you know, whenever I go to events, which I'm, I do, like, at least twice a month, um, you know, people come up to me and say, hello, you know, I got started with your blog, and it creates that bond with the readership, you know, it, it builds that trust. They, they see me, they see how much I care about them, so, you know, they like to give back by sharing our articles and stuff.
0: Now um, I will I will mention folks that um, this is awesome what he's doing. Uh, at Social Media Examiner we do it a little different, and I'll throw it out there just as a viable alternative. We instead encourage people to go post their questions up on our Facebook wall, yep. and um, the reason we do it that way is because we have a team that manages it, manages that. It's all kind of in one place and it's public. But either way, you know, in the end it's a smart strategy to be able to, number one, offer yourself up as a resource that can answer questions people have. But more importantly, I like what Syed is doing because he's using this as intelligence to decide what to write about. Does that really help drive your editorial calendar down the road?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Like We have over 30 articles that are ready to publish and more in the queue that are being worked on by the writers. You know, and it, it, defi- it definitely keeps us from those days where you're having that writer blog and you can't think of new ideas because, you know, at one point or another, you have that moment where you're like, can I really write more things about WordPress? But, the, you know, people who are starting out, you know, that beginner mindset, sometimes I, lo- I lose touch with it because I'm no longer a beginner. So um, it definitely keeps me in the sync and seeing what are the type of problems that users are having so I can address those.
0: Now, Syed, you, you said in the beginning you were writing all the articles. When did you get to the point where you realized, okay, I cannot handle all this? And how did you, how did you kind of bridge over to the next step of getting someone else involved?
1: Um, basically, I was, I was getting a lot of guest submissions. So that, that really helped out a lot. And I think in 2010, like six months into it, I knew that this, this wasn't something that I can keep doing because I still had a consulting business and um, so I was just like, okay, I need to bring on help. So we were just like, you know, if, if we are working on a client, then, you know, whatever we worked on, we'll turn that into a tutorial. Because if we are creating a list of authors on the site, that's probably somebody else can use it as well. So some of the developers would contribute an article. And then now we have full-time writers on just for WP Beginner.
0: So you have full-time writers, but you're still also accepting contributed articles, or is it all just your team writing the content?
1: Um, now with the SEO spam, it's really, really hard to accept like, you know, good articles, but we still accept. Like if somebody is really good, uh, has a really good idea, a really good article to submit, then we still accept those. But most of the time people are submitting articles like five best WordPress plugins. And quite frankly, we don't really need that.
0: Now, how did you go from, mom? um, Uh, I'm sure a lot of people that are listening right now are are like wondering, uh, how do you make money with all this? It sounds like you were able to give up on your consulting and somehow this website generated revenue for you. Can you kind of share what the business model
1: is? Yes. So in the past, what I was doing, I was consulting on a retainer basis of, you know, upgrading people's websites, right? Like maintaining them. But now what we're doing is we're, we're building WordPress applications, WordPress plugins, and a lot of times we're doing uh, conversion marketing for a client so you know we, we go in we look at um, what we can improve on their WordPress site to increase their conversion so what WP beginner has allowed to do is you know first it, is, it has allowed us to position ourselves as experts so whenever somebody's looking for you know a WordPress company to work with they automatically you know come to us and with the, with the brand that WP beginner has, it has opened that up. Um, also, like you know, we do how-to tutorials about different WordPress plugins. And if it is paid plugin that we are also using, we put our affiliate link, and we make money from there as well. But a lot of it is because, is through lead gen and consulting clients. We consult with some of the largest clients.
0: Okay, so basically. What I hear you saying is that WP Beginner was so popular and it grew so fast that it gave you that instant credibility. Even though you were targeting beginners, You know, um, the fact is that non-beginners, like myself, still reference your website. And uh, it gives you that instant credibility because you've established this big audience.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: whenever you come out with an app, chances of people buying it and possibly upgrading it or whatever. Or if you have some special services or search engine optimization techniques that work for WordPress. I mean, these are all the kind of things that that you've been able to sell directly to the WP beginner audience or, or, or set a different way. It's made it much easier for you to sell, right? So you probably- exactly. Yeah. So how easy has it made you to sell? I mean, are people lining up and, and you can I mean, be
1: Yeah, we turn people down like now that you know, if you if you put in a if you put in a specific budget that we're just not working with, um, we just turn it down. I mean, I've gotten to meet like like I met Michael Hyatt because of WP beginner. He sent us a contact form and said, Oh, I need this done on my website. That's awesome. You know? So like I've met like a lot of these folks that are, you know, you call industry experts or industry leaders um, through that be- and, and you know it it has made it really really easy. Like you know, when LinkedIn's official blog is linking to WP Beginner on how to add the LinkedIn button in WordPress, kind of says that you've made it.
0: That is awesome. And folks, I just want you to know. I mean, this is just one of many ways that you can monetize. But one thing you'll notice, Syed did not do is he, he's not necessarily monetizing it through display advertising. And I would imagine you experimented with that and probably learned it wasn't such a wise thing. What are your thoughts yes. on that?
1: Yes. Yeah, so um, in the beginning, I had um, display advertisement and I had um, AdSense ads, obviously, and I had you know, ads through buy sell ads and private ad sales as well. But it turned out that um, the audience on WP Beginner is much, much more targeted. So you know, selling an ad on a monthly base or even on a CPM base or CPC base is just not worth it because, let's say, if we send 100 clicks, you know, 50 of those are buyers. So working out like a better deal, maybe an affiliate deal makes more sense. But another downside with using with AdSense was people would target your domain and you know try to s- advertise spammy stuff and you can't really control all of it all the time. So we just had to get rid of it.
0: Yeah. And I will give everybody a tip. Um, what we do on Social Media Examiner is we use DoubleClick uh, mm-hmm. for publishers and um, we advertise our own stuff using DoubleClick for publishers. Yeah. And um, you can set it up so that um, after someone has visited the site... And seeing your ads X amount of times, then you can run through um, display advertising if you want to, and we've experimented with that a little bit. But the good news of having something like double click for publishers is you can create some really sophisticated um, display ads for your own stuff, (laughs) you know. And and have you experimented with that at all?
1: Yes. So we use it on the other site list twenty five. So um, I've, I've experimented with DoubleClick um, on this 25 because that's the primary business model there with display ads.
0: Absolutely. And we're going to talk about that in just a second. Um, so let me ask you this. As your site grew in popularity, what were some of the challenges that you faced? Because I'm sure you must have faced a lot of challenges as the site became really popular.
1: I mean, one of the biggest challenges that we still face to this day is keeping everything up to date. So normally when you're a blog, you can write things about and it gets outdated and that's perfectly fine. But because of the reputation that WP Beginner has and because like Google ranks us pretty high, uh, you know, people in the WordPress community hold us to a very high standard. So if, if there's like an article that is outdated, I'm usually hearing from one of the credible figures or, you know, PowerBees in the WordPress community saying, hey, Syed, this article is wrong on WP Beginner. And I'm like, yeah, it was written like two years ago. Like well, you need to update it because it is still ranking in Google, right? So that that's one of the biggest challenge that we face even to this day. And we do go back and um, we update our articles and you know make sure they're up to date to the best of our ability. So a lot of time on WP Beginner, more more of our time is being spent on making sure that our articles are relevant than um, producing new content.
0: Do you still? What's the frequency of content that you're publishing today?
1: Um, we're publishing once a day, five times a week.
0: So you have a very similar model that we, that we do. Um, do you ever find yourself, um, I mean, have you dealt with challenges with you know, um, consistent, high-quality content? And I mean, you know, it sounds like at a certain point, you brought in your own talent. Was that in response to you know, the difficulty of getting outsiders to write content for you?
1: Um, yes, definitely. So you know, guest postings are great, but they're not always the most reliable way, unless you have you know, regular posters you're posting uh, on a daily basis. So I had to bring people in full time, and the way how WP Beginner is, we don't really write editorial pieces. We're writing how tos, and that's the beauty of WP Beginner, and that's the model I have kept it from the beginning. Is we always write a how to, and there's always a how to to do something with WordPress. So um, all of those tutorials are relevant to a good number of our users, mm-hmm. and you know it gets it works pretty good.
0: Okay, let's talk. Let's transition over to list twenty-five, which is um, also very popular. Can you kind of explain what it is and what prompted you to start that one?
1: Yeah, so list twenty-five is an entertainment site that have lists of twenty-five things, whether it's you know twenty-five most brutal execution methods used in history or twenty-five of the best places to visit in London. I don't know. Um, it, basically any article that's a list of 25 things related to a specific topic, that's what list 25 is. And the slogan is consistently conciliating curiosity. The way this idea came about was it was initially going to be a site just about castles because I really like visiting castles. So I was going to have um, 21 things you should know about this castle. And I was going to do it for basically every castle I visited. But it just wasn't feasible for me to do that because I don't visit that many castles all the, all the time. And I didn't, I didn't want to be that guy who just does the research and find you know, other people's thoughts and put those in. So um, I was like, what, what can we do? And my friend was like, well, we can always create these um, you know, cool research lists uh, because we always love finding out new things. So that's how List25 came about. And we launched it in November 2011 at Blog World L.A
0: and talk to me a little bit about about the success of list 25 because it's pretty popular.
1: Yeah, so list 25 has over 250,000 Facebook likes, uh, over 530,000 YouTube subscribers, 62 million YouTube video views. It is huge. This site gets tons of tons of visitors um every month and you know it's it's just growing like crazy. We're growing at 52,000 YouTube subscribers a month.
0: It's crazy. So, it, it, would you say List twenty five is actually bigger in some regards than WP Beginner?
1: It's bigger in all regards <laughs> compared to WP Beginner. Okay,
0: so so you know this is this is interesting because, well, first of all, why 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 do you think it's grown as fast as it has?
1: Um, I think the type of content that it has it appeals to the masses and it's much more shareable, right? So, average people don't really know about WordPress, but everybody wants to know. About you know the best best like things going on with you know with list twenty five like um twenty five things you would never guess actually have names, like you know things like that people want to know these things you know raises curiosity in um people's mind, and people just like to click on these lists,
0: okay, so you called it an entertainment site
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um do you think that let's just let's dissect this a little bit, do you think that lists? in their own nature are just for whatever reason, shareable, you know, like, uh, we've done a lot of stuff at social media examiner where it's like X number of tips, you know, or, you know, 16 apps or whatever. It seems like these list based, uh, uh, based posts inherently are
1: popular. Um, yes, they are. And the reason why is because these are little tidbits, you know, whenever you're writing a list of something, you don't write like huge paragraphs. It's very easy to skim through. You see what what you need to see and you move on. Right. And it's usually list posts are more v- visual than the editorial pieces that you write, so it helps. With when I say list twenty-five is educational, I mean entertainment is because you know a lot of times people go on it to entertain themselves. But the concept and the goal behind it is to you know give you lesser-known, intriguing information on a variety of subjects. So when you leave the site, you um, you know things that you normally wouldn't know otherwise.
0: Now. Um- did you do anything differently on List 25 than WP Beginner Beyond the content? And if so, what have you, have you experimented with over there that seems to be working?
1: I mean, one of the things that I did differently on List 25 was try to grow on all different outlets. So I had a Tumblr property for List 25. And again, again that's because of the different type of content that we have. Um, we found a lot of success on StumbleUpon with List 25. Because, like, you know, p- kids that are, I-, I think the primary audience on List 25 is, you know, teenagers. And kids that are sitting in college r- classroom, they're just using StumbleUpon to stumble through different sites. And they stumble on List 25 and then they just use our random uh, dice thing rather than the actual StumbleUpon button to go just browse through List 25 itself. But in terms of strategy-wise, I mean, I didn't use search.Twitter as much. I did use it in ways like, for example, Thanksgiving is coming, Right. So we have an article of 25 things to be thankful for on Thanksgiving. Uh, We had uh, last year, I think we had 25 fun facts you don't know about Thanksgiving, and we always try to ride the hashtag. So if it's MLK Day, like Martin Luther King Day, we we would ride the hashtag and say, um, you know, here's 25 things you should know about Martin Luther King. And I even use um, promoted tweets to, you know, like stand out on those hashtags because those hashtags are trending and everybody's checking it out. Um, So you know, it's it it works.
0: So social is a big, much bigger part of list twenty-five. Oh yeah,
1: much, much, much bigger.
0: Now, um, how do you go about actually creating the content? Because I'm sure a lot of people find this w- would find this interesting.
1: Yes. So um, in the beginning, we would we, you know search through different things that we want to know about, and we would write about, let's say, Harry Potter is about Harry Potter is about. we like, oh, what are twenty five things you should know about Harry Potter? Um, but our YouTube audience is just super amazing. It is so engaged. People are you know, fighting with each other. People are suggesting new list ideas. And YouTube has really been where we've been getting a lot of ideas for, uh, for List 25. If you look at like, the comment section in their videos, you always find like, good article ideas on what they want you to you know, cover next. So um, that's how we go about um, getting how, the article ideas.
0: How do you actually do the research?
1: Um, so the writers go through, and you know, let's say if, if they're looking for the twenty-five most brutal torture techniques ever devised. They're going to look for torture techniques. They're going to look at Wikipedia. They're going to look at the impact of every single um, you know torture method, and then they're going to rank them based on what where they think it should be ranked.
0: So it, it, is this, in some regards, more work or less work than the stuff you're doing at WP Beginner?
1: The- oh, it is a lot more work. Like I've I, mean, I have I've written like a few lists on list twenty-five, and some some of the research lists can take up, upwards of eight hours to write because you have to. Really make sure that you're ordering them in the right way. Otherwise, you know, the audience just goes ballistic and they're like, this is wrong. How could that be number one and that one be number five? And, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about YouTube because you do have a crazy number. Like I think I, when I last looked, there was like a half a million subscribers on
1: YouTube.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so talk about how you're taking your posts and making them into videos.
1: So we're not video experts. <laughs> our videos, like when, when you talk to a different video expert, they just criticize it like crazy. All that we're doing is we're taking the images that we had in our article and we're making a slideshow out of it where um, David, my friend, he's um, reciting the list for them, for the users. So essentially, it's like a podcast with a slideshow.
0: It's almost right? like you're reading a transcript, right? It,
1: yeah, exactly. It is. It is basically reading the transcript there. And um, you know, at the end of the video, we just suggest like two of our, two of our own related videos rather than letting the YouTube-related search come about, where they send people to other videos. We create, like, our own two little thumbnails and link to, you know, those two videos, and we let that segment run for a few seconds so when it ends, users can easily click on one of our own videos that we are controlling, and then they can go to that. Um, We also, uh, you know, collaborated with various different YouTube channels and, you know, cross-promoted sort of like, okay, I'll like your videos, you can like ours, we can share it. Um, And just because of the viral nature of um, List25, the cheeseburger networks occasionally you know, picks it up, uh, New York <laughs> time picks it up. Like, it, it has been mentioned in a lot of big name slides.
0: It's intriguing because you wouldn't think a video strategy like this would work because it's not exactly. super sexy or anything, really, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that, you know, that it was just an experiment that just turned out to be really, really good. I did not expect it to go this well. And when it started doing it, I was like, oh, wow. So actually, now we're um, putting more thoughts and we're coming up with a whole new um, video layout to kind of make it a little bit flashier.
0: So let me ask you this question, and I'm sure you know, a lot of people are wondering this. Um, okay, so you got a lot of followers on YouTube. How is this helping your blog? Um, how is this helping anything? Just you know, elaborate a little bit on what's the connection between the YouTube channel and, and somehow everything you're doing over on the website?
1: So on YouTube, we only publish one research list a day, so one video a day. But on the site, we are publishing more lists. So people are always, you know, going back and checking out the site. You know, we're constantly saying, oh, check out more lists on list 25. So that YouTube audience has allowed, us to, YouTube has allowed us to make a very, very loyal group of fans who follow us everywhere. So they're, they're on the site. They're also commenting. They're on the site checking out different things. Some, some of them are also contributing articles saying, oh, I, w- I would like to write a list about this. And they'll do a 25 research and say bullet point, bullet point, bullet point. And then we can just go in and add like little excerpts below it. So, YouTube has definitely helped us in that way. So, you know, people coming back to the site um, by you know are saying, "Oh, go check out this list."
0: Yeah, very interesting. Um, so, you've actually been able to track YouTube having a material impact on traffic mm-hmm. to your website. Right? Oh
1: yeah, oh yeah,
0: that's awesome. Now, these two sites are basically about as different as they could possibly be, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. One of them is obviously very focused on curiosity excuse me, which is list 25. And the other one is much more focused on how to, you know, uh, deeper content, if you will. Um, you know, uh, what lessons have you learned about, you know, each of these two different strategies because they're so different from each other? Um, you know, some people might want to go down path A or path B, what advice do you have?
1: So one of the things that I learned with list 25 is because of the very nature and how much it's up for debate, can't really spend too much time debating with the audience. You're not going to win. Um, you, you can't really control what is being said. You just kind of got to moderate it or you know facilitate the discussion. Can't really do too much. Versus on WP Beginner, you know we can respond to comments. It, it's like you're engaging with the users. You're telling, oh yeah, here's how to fix this and here's how to do that. Or on versus on a site like List Twenty Five, it's like almost impossible. <laughs> To do that, so it's, it's a very very different strategy. You have to you have to be in a, with a different mindset. You know, for somebody who's running um, WP Beginner, it has to be very 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 patient. I mean, you have to be patient with both because there's people who are trolling on List twenty five. But um, I would say that
0: uh, would you recommend people try something like List twenty five, or maybe instead go go along the lines of WP Beginner and kind of get their their experience under their belt before they try to go after this mass appeal audience.
1: I think WP Beginner is easier. List twenty five grew a lot faster because I had a network of um, power users on different social media networks, and I had a good profile as well. So I knew I understood the game, you know, so I could make this thing viral. Like ever since I've launched List twenty five, like so many of the users who have heard the stories of about List twenty five have gone and tried to replicate it with literally no success. So I think you have to have a little bit more experience on what you're doing and what type of content. You need to write. Like, List 25 has a lot to do with the emotional triggers. You know, like you're appealing to a totally different audience. You have to, you have to capture them emotionally. You have to capture them in that way so they can come to your site. Whereas, WP Beginner, is more of a practical approach. So, I think practical approach, you can put down a formula and say, okay, this is how you do it. Whereas, List 25, you have to be viddy in general. You have to, you know, it's a different, it requires a different type of mindset.
0: Let's talk a little bit about um, high-frequency content, meaning publishing multiple times a day versus lower-frequency, high-quality content. In your opinion, which is better and why?
1: Uh, I think it really depends on your audience. For example, my personal blog, I write um, once, uh, once a week or once every other week. On WP Beginner, I write once a day versus on List25, you're publishing multiple articles a day. It, it just depends on the type of model you have and what you're going for. You know, if you're a small business or you're a coach and you're in a specific industry, I would much rather go for you know low-frequency, high-quality content versus if you're on a List25 site, like site where your primary means of revenue is display advertisement, you got to get more page views. So you have to go with a high-frequency content so you're, you're staying relevant. Your uh, audience that's coming to your site have multiple um, lists to go through, multiple articles to go through. So I think it's a different model, and you know, it, it you can't. It's, there's no single one one rule thumb that it goes across.
0: Well, Syed, um, this has been very intriguing, and I'm sure a lot of people listening right now are going to want to check out both your websites. <laughs> um, where can folks learn more about you? Um, any particular place you want to send them?
1: Yeah, uh, you can find me on wpbeginner.com or on Twitter at wpbeginner. You can also follow my personal Twitter handle at Syed Balki Michael. I hope you can put it in the notes yeah Shepard. and for All those right.
0: that are listening it's s-y-e-d-b-a-l-k-h-i and we'll definitely have it in the twitter show notes too <laughs> i mean right. i mean in the uh, the regular show notes there's no twitter show notes
1: um syed
0: thank you so very much for joining me today and sharing your story with us i know that it was awesome
1: it's a pleasure being here thank you for having me
0: well i hope you got some good ideas about how you can grow a really big blog or maybe your blog isn't really big but you want to take it there I hope you got a lot out of that. Uh, You can check out all the show notes at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 71. If you've been a regular listener to the podcast and you've not yet had a chance to give us a rating and or a review, uh, I would love it if you would consider doing that. One way you can do that is if you're on iTunes, you can visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash iTunes. And if you're on Stitcher Radio, it's socialmediaexaminer.com slash Stitcher. This does bring us to the end of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day, and may social media continue to change your world.
2: The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner.
0: By the way, thanks for sticking around for the last few seconds. One thing I forgot to mention You're not going to believe this, but Syed is only 23 years old. So I I wanted to add that in after everything has been done because I want that to inspire you. This guy is only 23 years old and he's accomplished so very, very much. With that, I'll catch you next week. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.